Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. This week, we're talking about our recent visits to small cons, including Gallifrey One and Rice University's Alcon. Let's hit that music. All right. So both you and I have been to conventions recently. We have. Mine was uh, completely unplanned. We found out about a day and a half beforehand that it was even a thing. And then we just went. Mine, I bought the tickets for in April 2018 to go to (laughs) in February 2019. There you go. And uh, so mine was like a whole weekend. But there's something that both of the cons we went to had in common, other than the fact that they were basically, you know, fan conventions. Mm -hmm. And it's that they were small. They were tiny. Yes. (laughs) At least mine was super tiny. Yeah. Mine was tiny for what they packed in. Mm -hmm. They actually capped the registration. So I'll tell you which one I went to. I went to Gallifrey One. Mm -hmm. And it is held in Los Angeles like every President's Day. Okay. This was the first year I've ever been, and I was definitely in the minority. Most people had gone every single year. That's cool. So, and what was the one you went to? You went to OwlCon? We did. We went to OwlCon, which was held here in Houston at Rice University. And it's actually a, I think it's a uh, student-run convention, and it's a gaming convention. So, they had uh, local vendors, so some of the people we know, like Geek Life and Dragon's Lair and a couple others, were there selling their wares or whatever. Um, and then they had a bunch of breakout rooms. Like, I think they may have had even some lectures and things like that. Uh, and then they had, like, people were in there for eight hours, ten hours at a time playing role-playing games, board games, I saw one group had like a giant, almost a terrarium of, <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. I'm not sure if they were playing like a strategy game or if it was just let's paint miniatures. I really couldn't tell what they were doing exactly, but it was really cool. Um, and it was really funny because, you know, we're used to Comic Palooza, right? And Fandemic Huge, yeah. and these, you know, Salt Lake City, these cons that are just big and there's people everywhere. And when you drive by out front, there's no mistaking the fact that there's something going on. Well, you know, Rice University is pretty small as it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's very quiet. And unless you go like during the middle of the week when classes are in session, it's it's like a ghost town in this place. So we drive up and it's it's located in the student center. So it's not even like it's in the gymnasium or anything like that. It's in the student center. You would not have known had they not put like shoe polish on the windows exclaiming that OwlCon was here. You would have no idea that something was going on inside that building. It was super tiny and super chill. That's really cool, though, because sometimes a lot of people's first venture into a con is these smaller cons. I went to uh, one of my first cons was a an old Space City con mm-hmm. that was held at the hotel across the street. It was really small. It just had one dealer room, one place for fan panels. But there was a celebrity, so... I mean, obviously, there was some money put into it, but really tiny little thing that we got through in like three hours just doing a walk through, sitting at panels. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
uh, meeting the celebrity, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, this one was really interesting because, you know, like at a bigger con, you have to pay before you can even walk through the door. They mm-hmm. want to make sure you've got a ticket, if you've got all this stuff. We just wandered in. Like, we, we seriously just wandered in. And you had to like pass through the entire exhibit room to even get to where the registration people were sitting. But what we found out from them was unless you planned on becoming like sitting in on a tournament or a D&D game or something like that, you didn't have to pay. Oh, that's wonderful. So instead of the $20 a person we thought we were going to pay, we ended up paying nothing, which was great. Yeah, that really does make a difference. Uh, that's some of the nicer things about some of the small cons is either they have a, a very affordable entrance fee, or in your case, there was not a fee. Mm-hmm. But you also get to see some smaller vendors that maybe wouldn't have been able to afford mm-hmm. a booth at a bigger con. I, I think that there's a lot to be said for smaller cons. I really enjoy them because they're smaller Generally, you don't have the double up of uh, programming. You know, you don't have to plan your schedule accordingly as much. (laughs) Yeah, this one, um, I think unless you were part of the organization of it, like uh, there were probably there may have been 300 people at this place spread out, not in one place. I think there were I'm trying to count. I think there were between eight and 10 vendors set up. So again, it's smaller than a craft show, you know, very, very small. But it was really cool. And it was kind of intimate that way. And the nice thing is they had game tables set up. So even if you weren't doing like a tournament game, we didn't pay we just we bought a board game or a friend of ours bought a board game. And they're like, let's let's try this game out. And we're like, okay, so we just literally sat down at a table and started playing. And that was it. It was great. The other thing we all really liked and every one of us commented on, because it was me and Paul and then uh, a couple friend of ours and their eight-year-old daughter, was that their, uh, let's call it a concession stand, <laughs> a table with some, you know, like you could tell they went to Sam's and got like drinks and bags of chips and all this stuff, 50 cents a piece whether it was chips or Cokes or whatever. Super cheap. I was like, hey, for $2, we just got lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's actually a really nice feature that they had there for you because food at a con is so expensive. So expensive. Ugh. But at the end of the day, you sit there and think, I know how much these things cost. I know how much these chips cost. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're like, this is a 25-cent bag of goldfish crackers. Like, it's not, you're not even talking yeah. like a, like a, like convenience store bag of cracker, you know, of chips, you're talking like the teeny tiny ones that go like smaller than what goes in a kid's lunch a lot of times, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I I really felt like it's like I got my money's worth out of that. Yeah, exactly. So we left this convention, uh, we bought we did buy a game, we ended up buying the same game that our friends bought that we played while we were there. One of the other dealers also had a copy of it. So we ended up paying for that. And then we had snacks for the two of us. So I think we got out for a grand total of $53. Awesome. And 50 of that was the game. So yeah, (laughs) at the con that I went to, I was given that tip was that you know what, bring your own alcohol. Mm -hmm. Because this one, um, I would call it a boutique con. It was, it's very narrow focus because it is all just Doctor Who. Right. And it's priced affordably, but you have to be able to buy tickets the second they go on sale or you have to buy them in a ticket exchange that the, the show puts on. It's very specific to being for fans, by fans. It's a nonprofit. They keep themselves capped really small. 
mm-hmm. which is you know why I'm calling it a boutique because they did have a lot of a lot of good guests and and then they had a lot of weird add-ons that w- it's hard to describe because it was different than most of the other cons. It was more like a gathering of a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. I just I've heard of it, and when I moved to California, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to uh, Gallifrey One. It's in LA. Yeah, you're just down the road, basically, or down the coast. <laughs> Eight hour drive, but we got yeah. it. Yeah, it's not too uh, bad. In fact, I thought that we would drive it actually initially, but that went to the wayside. I was going to say, I thought y'all flew because I thought y'all saw at least one famous person at LAX. Yep. It's cheaper to fly to LA than it is to drive to LA. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the idea, be- idea behind Gallifrey One, though. People fly from all over the place. This is when I found about like the cult following it has. When we got on the plane, um, okay, you know how Southwest boards, mm-hmm. right? You have um, Cattle car. The, a, the A group and then you have the B group. Well, so we checked in and I got A60 and Craig got B1. Mm, no. so, we were, so we got split up. Yeah. And it was so weird because... Between the A's and the B's, there's a lot of unwritten things, yep. right? The kids get to go between the A's and the B's. Mm-hmm. And elite members, or I forgot what they're yep. called. Yep, the people who pay more. Yep. Yeah, they get to go. Um, well, no, the the frequent flyers. Like, yeah. the people that pay more get to go before the A's. Yeah. But, um, you know, here's a, here's a little tip. If you have a peanut allergy, you can also go before anyone else and you can like claim your spot and make it a peanut free zone because they consider it to be a disability. So, yay, it finally benefits me in some way. (laughs) Well, especially since they they continue to serve peanuts, even though it's such a prolific allergy. It's just a little tube of recycled air. Like, what's that going to do for me with an airborne allergy? It's like, Jesus. So we get on the plane and Craig has already made friends with the 35 people around him <laughs> uh, because I got on the plane and sat. Right. And then he comes in and he's like, hey, these people are going to the convention, too. And and then and these two people, they were like, oh, yeah. And they sat down and sat with us or sat behind us. And then they're like, so are those two. And they're pointing. The whole goddamn plane was filled <laughs> with people going to Gallifrey One. And guess what? They don't call it Gallifrey One. They call it Galley One or just Galley. Mm-hmm. And so now I am not forced to be somebody at the convention saying the saying it all the way out like a non-cool person. Now you're in the know. You're in the cool club. I know. I know. I found out the hashtag was Galley One and not <laughs> uh, Gallifrey One. And all, my, all, all of these things. It was just, it was very nice. We got at least three new Twitter followers that I know of that you met at Gallifrey One. Yes. So, or at least they saw you using the hashtag. I don't know if you actually met them or not. So, I met a few people, but I generally knew them beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we had a lot of fun when we found out how close knit everybody was. And the first night, they say, you know, come and register, get your badge, and then we have a ribbon exchange. And this is before the actual con starts. So, we go. And we had to stay up the road because the Marriott sold out, which is where it was located. So right. we were staying up the road. We walked down there. It was a goddamn party. Okay. <laughs> the con hasn't even started yet. And they're, they're hashtagging lobby con. Mm-hmm. And people are just drinking all over the lobby of the Marriott. The Marriott check-in desks have little TARDISes on them. <laughs> 
And this is the coolest part. They are passing out ribbons. Everybody's exchanging ribbons that they had custom made to hang from the badge, the badge Mm -hmm. with funny little things on it. And by the end of that, I had dozens and dozens of ribbons. Don't know any of these people, but (laughs) we'll have to get you some nerdy bitches ribbons to take next year. Oh, we are. I've already priced them. Yeah. It was a ton of fun. I had so many ribbons, I had to tie my lanyard behind my neck so I didn't trip on them. Right. See, folks, this is why we need you to come support our Patreon account so that we can buy more merchandise like these ribbons. Yes. Very important. (laughs) Very important merchandise. We've got a rep. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just automatically, the beginning of this was was a big party. And so it was a lot of fun because, you know, I I moved to this new place. I don't know anybody. And there's definitely not like big Doctor Who people around. Uh, It's... Uh, It was a ton of fun feeling like, oh, my God, I can go somewhere where people can joke and laugh about things that I like. And I can strike up a conversation with a complete stranger, talk about dimensions and time and space (laughs) and not have to downgrade my geekiness. Right. Yeah, I like that. I think starting out with a party like that really takes some of the pressure off. Because if you're somebody like me who's got, you know, a twinge of massive social anxiety, or you just don't like being around large groups of people, sometimes those cons can be really overwhelming very quickly. So coming to a smaller party or, or, you know, a smaller convention or something that's more a party atmosphere kind of takes the pressure off, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. It, it, It was more party than not. Um, One thing that they did do that was super cool is that every con, you had a con badge. As soon as you went in there, you had access to a hospitality suite. Mm. Now, it was a small suite, but it had chips and drinks and it was hidden. I thought that it was really cool because it also gave you a place to kind of sit down between panels. Yeah. Uh, The panels were all super geeky. They were just awesome. They had fun little topics Craig actually was a guest on a Mystery Science Theater 3000 panel. Was that the super diverse panel? They were all super diverse. (laughs) Um, The next panel that he did, which was the next day, was on the 2018 movies. So I gave him all of our show notes from the 2018 movies. I'm like, here you go. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hope you got a shout out for that. No, I got no shout out. Oh, Craig. Finding ridiculous. Um, but let me tell you who was on that panel. The The moderator was Javi Grillo Moroche. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I apologize. But he's actually was a writer on the 100. Hmm. And um, there was a lady on this panel, and she was very good. Sheila English and um, uh, another guy named Alex Packnadel. And he was a British guy that I feel was the British version of of Craig's co-host on Matinee Heroes, except for his ears were a little bigger. Like, honestly, when he walked in, I was like, what's what's Alan Cerny doing here? <laughs> right. But then he started talking. I'm like, oh, no, that dude's British. <laughs> anyway, so That'll be Alan a difference. doesn't listen to this show. But that was my first thought. And then they kind of bantered back and forth. And it reminded me a lot of a live Matinee Heroes podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was a lot of fun. And I really liked the lady on the panel because they would talk about a movie and talk about like, oh, the acting was stunted. And she was like, 
But let me tell you who had their shirt off the most and <laughs> talk about some male actor or something. And I really enjoyed her take on it because we were clapping and having a lot of fun. She should be so, on the show. Yes. I should I Find should reach her. out to her. Yes. I will. We, we like that. I will reach out to her. Thank you yeah. for reminding me. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, there was a, there was some more diverse panels there. And I want to tell you about my super awesome NASA uh link mm. remember remember the uh, nasa i got uh, dr may jemison's autograph on yep. the ladies of nasa the lego, lego set yeah at the silicon valley comic-con well that was just by happenstance and i went to gallifrey run not knowing about the nasa connection and they're really in my head nasa's like real and gallifrey runs like fake but <laughs> right <laughs> In your head, only in your head. Yes, only in my head. But they had a, they had something called a coffee clatch. Mm-hmm. What they do is they say, you know, like about a month before the show, it may have been less than, it may have been two weeks. They said, hey, we're going to have signups for coffee clatches. They're just first come, first serve. And I didn't know what they were. And we'll give you times and tell you who's going to be in them. And what they are is actually people that have panels, some of the bigger panels. They'll have a coffee group with only 12 people and you sit around and you have coffee with them and talk. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, I mean, none of the big, big deals were on that, right? John Barrowman wasn't part of that. But... Oh, that would be amazing. Could you even imagine? I, I It would have been the greatest 20 minutes of my or hour of my life. I don't know. I, you would have had to was, live stream the crap out of that. Yeah. And that's a bit, Gallifrey Run does not allow any recording or streaming of any kind. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, except for uh, John Berriman said, stop telling people to put down their recorder. So at some point he didn't <laughs> let it, but he broke their rules right. on their behalf. <laughs> but um, so the NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory is very close to LAX. Right. So they have every year have actually had some people from JPL come to the con. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that there were three ladies um, on a coffee clutch that were working at JPL, I signed up for that one. And then I signed up for another one with a director of one of the episodes of Doctor Who that I liked. However, I only got in the first one, which was the women of JPL. Mm-hmm. But... They were awesome. And I'm going to give you their names. Okay. So uh, Dr. Sarah Milkovich, Dr. Trina Ray, and Dr. Kim Stedman. I think they're doctors, actually, didn't say. I just assume. <laughs> they seem like they were doctors. Yeah, they, they've earned it in your mind. Yes. <laughs> Regardless, I, right, I'm yeah. fairly certain they were doctors because I actually tweeted at them, and I, I think they all had doctor in front of their right. Twitters. But um, one of the ladies was in charge of the rover missions, the Mars rover missions, mm-hmm. and the one that we just, you know, we just lost The one that went night-night. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then also uh, Kim Stedman, who was... I believe she was in charge of the Cassini mission, which was the uh, satellite that went, uh, orbited Saturn, and it just reached its end of life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the, the live stands, they ha- they give out, they have pins and to commemorate the mission. And she gave us all Cassini end of journey pins. It was Aww. so, it was so, they were, they were awesome. I love that. And then we also got uh, a little art print of the rover and they all signed it. Mm. Um, because because opportunity and and uh, I forgot the, the opportunity's twins name they were the, like the same mm-hmm. um, it was the same picture where it had both of their names on it but I actually asked what they thought about public relations when we lost our rover and they actually were like you know what it was so nice because we feel these way and we feel this emotionally connected to them right and so 
when other people do, it really meant a lot. And they actually kind of got in trouble for using up like a day's worth of memory to take the picture of uh, one of the rovers where they called it the selfie because he actually took himself in it. Mm-hmm. And they said they got a lot of crap and then they had this big public outrage. And then, you know, they started tearing up and I'm sitting there tearing up because we lost our Mars rover. But they were so sweet. They were like, you know, this was a... This Mars rover was on like a nine month mission and it lasted 14 years. Right. Or a 90 day mission and it lasted 14 years. It's like the Martian. <laughs> I know. I said, isn't that how um, Hanukkah started? Well, that, <laughs> that, that joke didn't go fall through very well. I, I thought like it, it was hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> but um, they did talk about, like, she said, there's been a bunch of cartoons that were sitting there saying, the showing the Mars rover going, can I go home yet? And can I go home yet? And and making everybody feel bad that the Mars rover wasn't coming home. It was never going to come home. So right. we wouldn't have programmed it to think that. Right. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But they were like, you know, his home was on Mars. And then it talked about when they heard on Christmas Day that they couldn't get a hold of him and they went in to try and, and uh, contact the rover. It was like, it was so cool and so sweet, but uh, it was just really interesting, too. I just loved those women and I loved hearing about the, these space missions. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, and it, they had kind of the gamut in their career. You know, one was very young, you know, very young doctor. And then the other one had, been, had managed projects for years. And they said, like, a lot of them, start a project and then they retire when it's done because they know about how long it is. And they said a lot of people uh, had planned to retire when the, the rovers went up thinking their 90 day mission. And they, right. And they're like, damn it, we're still here. Yeah. So apparently nobody actually lasted with that, that had that initial goal because it 14 years is, That's is a, a little bit long to delay a really long time to push that off <laughs> yeah they said somebody almost did and then they had a health issue and they had to leave but so i thought that was a lot of fun honestly you know the science was was really really cool but i wouldn't have flown to la for it it was all about all right just the the con itself and Catherine tate and john Barrowman were there well, if you wanted to just learn about the science, you just come back to Houston and go to actual NASA. Yeah, but that's like in Lake Jackson. It's down the road. Like <laughs> It's literally down the road from yeah. my house. So anyway, I, I had a lot of fun at this little con. It, I would say it's a boutique con because it, it is uh, the size it is is because they cap it and they like to keep it this size. And, you know, it being run as a nonprofit, they kind of have said, hey, we want to put on a good con. We're not trying to grow and be this incredibly huge thing we like where we're at we like the family part of it so well if it can be intimate and they can still get big names in there then that's the balance you know that's the perfect balance like you know consequently i think owlcon is is more like a game night that got out of control you know <laughs> like they originally may have planned just to have a game night and thought like 20 people would show up and it just kept getting bigger because we're already yeah. like, yeah, I'll go back to this next year and I'll bring some friends and we can just all have a game day. I'm not going to go for three days in a row of it, but, you know, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I like it, though. I like that that idea. And sometimes that's better than having it at a comic book store where they do the game night like all the time. Yeah. And it's so when you have it like once a year and it becomes an event, more people will go as opposed to trying to spread it out every single week. It's. Makes it a little harder. But and Alcon's kind of cool, though, because you're also going to have a lot of students. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to have a constant turnover of people that could potentially come. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably would come back, you know, if you're, you know, again, Rice is a smaller 
private university anyway. So they're going to have a, a little closer alumni. And I guess that's probably, you know, what a lot of these people are. So yeah, it was really cool. though. Fun. I really liked it. And their student center is really nice. I'm like, damn, let's see where your money's going. I know. Well, it's a, it's an expensive school. <laughs> when we talked about it uh, last week, I basically decided that this is the Scholastic Book Fair of conventions. <laughs> that it had that same feel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but I love the Scholastic Book Fair, so it was all right. Like that was my favorite day of any school year. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is if you see like a convention or something that if as long as the topic interests you, man, take a chance, especially if they're like these smaller ones that don't have a huge entrance fee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you never go to a con, even if it's small, tiny, without learning something new, discovering something new, or meeting new people. Yeah, and that's, you know, like for me, I'm always trying to network for us, for Geeks of the Galaxy, like all of these different things. And it's like, I would love to start hosting game nights for, you know, either or both. I don't, it doesn't matter. But getting, you know, getting to know some of these game shop owners and getting to know just some random people, getting more listeners to the podcast... It's all networking, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Paul's been working on a list of all of the Texas conventions that are here for the year. Mm -hmm. He did one last year, and we're doing another one this year. And so, you know, yeah, I really want to take a look at that and see what we can what we can make it to, like what's affordable to go, and and just see, you know, see where it takes us. Yeah, I wouldn't have started going to some of these big cons without first starting out at a little con. And I don't know if I would have been overwhelmed with a big con at first. So this might be a good introduction. <laughs> My first con was Comic Palooza, and it was the one where we were on the women in podcasting panel. So yeah, like, that was a big eek! one. Trial by fire, just thrown right in. Yeah. That was a crazy one. I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun there, but man, it was crazy because that was the day I I had an interview for a scholarship. They like programmed it right during the women podcast. Right. You got there like in the nick of time. I know. I, I talked to him and said, can I go first? And then like I drove there like a bat out of hell. I changed in the parking lot of the Toyota Center. <laughs> I was wearing a suit. Mm hmm. I'm like, probably should change out of that. If you want to see what she was wearing, you can check out our, our picture with the Predator. I think it's on the website. So. Yes. Um, actually, I changed in the Comic Blues at Bathroom. No, there you go. That made more sense. <laughs> I like to think that you're running through the Toyota Center garage, you know, shucking off clothes and changing and, you know, hopping on one leg, trying to pull jeans on. That would be funny. I'd watch that. Yeah. It was it was crazy. It was down to the wire. <laughs> We'll have another con wrap-up show later because I know we're going to have more conventions that we're going to this year. You know, Comic Palooza alone, pandemic's probably coming back. So, so And Salt Lake Con. Mm-hmm. We go to a lot of cons every year. That's why I'm glad that we got to get together and talk about kind of these smaller ones because mm-hmm. I think that they get lost, obviously, for obvious reasons. But they are just as fun and they're just, a, uh, just as an enjoyable way to spend a weekend or a day or an afternoon. Well, that's the thing. Like, we didn't have to plan our whole lives around this like our friend called us like thursday night and was like hey have you ever been to this or heard of it i was like nope and like even got online and i couldn't really like their website doesn't have a lot of information as to what it is which is another thing that kind of leaves you unsure when you go to these and we're just like yeah we'll go and you know if it looks overwhelming we'll leave and we got there we're like where is everybody it was really cool it was very down to earth and i think we'll all plan to go next year and maybe invite some more people and yeah, yeah. it'll be fun that's super cool yeah 
So uh, something I'd love to recommend is actually the game that we picked up at Alcon because again, this is a it's a gaming convention. So they had all sorts of games there, board games and RPGs and card games, just anything you could imagine. And then, of course, like the snarky T-shirt folks, they had a Gandalf cat. It was really amazing. Um, <laughs> I managed not to walk away with a T-shirt. But this game, uh, one of the vendors was selling this game, and it's called Seven Wonders. And I highly recommend it. I'll put a link to it on our, we'll put a link to it on our show notes because it's just so much fun. Like it's really hard. It's kind of a cross between a board game and a card game. So you're kind of doing some building, I guess. So, okay. Have you ever played Settlers of Catan? I have not played it, but I have watched Will Wheaton play it. Okay. It's similar to that, except you're not literally making a map like you do with that. So it's it's very similar. You have different tasks that you have to complete, different ways of scoring. And it, like the rules took us a really long time to get through, like probably 30, 45 minutes just kind of trying to puzzle out the rules. But once we started playing it... We took one round to kind of get the hint of it. And then it just, you know, everybody plays at the same time. So it rolls really, really fast. Very cool. That is cool. I love learning new games like that, too, at places. Uh, Neil's Bar was a place where I learned how to play a couple of, like, those deck games. Mm-hmm. We played uh, we played Cards Against Humanity at Neil's for my birthday. Yes, I have played a lot of games at Neil's. <laughs> I miss Neil's. We don't have a Neil's here. No. Neil's Bar. No. <laughs> I love a good nerd yeah. bar. There are not nearly enough nerd bars in this world. We should open one. Yes. Nerdy Bitches Brew Pub. Yeah. You know, a lot of these little tap rooms that don't serve food, they have like a lot of board games there. Mm -hmm. I could always bring some board games in. Well, Coral Sword is like that, too. They have the coffee. They have a little bit of food, kind of, you know, pub fare a little bit. And then um, they have games to buy, but they also have a whole, you know, wall full of games that you can just play there. But I think when you guys come down, maybe we'll bring some games and we'll we'll set up a game night or something. It'll be fun. Yeah, we should. We should. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, I guess we'll be back next week. Yeah. Next week, we have a special guest coming on to the show. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to get a bio on her so that we will have actual things to say. Yes. Let's get a bio on our guest. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Though we didn't give Randy much of a bio. We're like, he's from Cult 45. Right. And you're like, here's Randy. Yay. And Mandy's like, you've heard her before. She was on the podcast talking dirty. I'm glad you finally got around to listening to that episode. It's hysterical. Yeah, it is hysterical. It's it's disturbing. Like, I could not have said any of those things, except for the one about... Um, the night bus. Yeah, because there was no sex in that. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, because you're new to the show... Uh, Mandy from Caster Quest and I did a uh, fan fiction read episode back over the summer, and it was uh, it was really interesting to uh, you know <laughs> to read those things and have to look your friend in the eye and say them. So yeah, I can't do it. Well, at one point she even was like, "I need you to look me in the eyes when you say this," and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. All right, well, I guess we'll see you guys next time then. All right, see ya. Want a chance to support the show? Want to get some awesome rewards and nerdy bitches swag? Then head over to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches. From not your basic bitch to rockstar bitch, we have a monthly plan to fit any budget. Your support allows us to really up our game and make sure the show stays awesome without bowing to corporate sponsorship. In addition to providing prizes, giveaways, and convention coverage, we will also donate 20% of all net profits each month to other independent podcasts. This allows us to help grow other indie shows that we believe in. So hit us up at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and support your favorite bitches today. 
Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from, from Movies. And tonight, tonight, like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? <sniffs> Woo! My top! Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Now you're in the know. You're in the cool club. I know.